Well, you know, Joel, night games at Kinnick are often one of my very favorite events. Um, so a little bummed that I was not able to make it uh, this last Saturday, but um, as a pretty decent, I guess, consolation prize, I'm sitting here at the Grand Waialea with the beach behind me on a nice Hawaiian beach on vacation. So it wasn't terrible. Um, but last Saturday was one of what? How many Saturdays? Twelve. There's 12 Saturdays, and this is the episode eight of the 12 Saturdays podcast. Welcome in, everybody. Uh, we're supposed to be celebrating an Iowa victory, a four and one team. Um, but oddly to me, there's still a lot of uh, disgruntlement and anger and angst out there among Iowa fans. Uh, I mean, no doubt about it, Joel. That was not a thing of beauty on Saturday. Uh, but you know, as I wrote about in the column this week, I kind of had a unique perspective of only watching it once I actually knew the outcome. Um, and I think that really changed my perspective on it. Uh, you know, you lived in it in the moment. What, what, what did that feel like? It wasn't great. Uh, it's never good as someone who's had catastrophic knee injuries in their life. Whenever you see someone go down uh, and you know exactly what it is when you just see it. And I hope that Cade makes a full recovery from his, uh, what was confirmed today as a torn ACL. But I think we saw that the offense isn't person specific. It's not personnel specific. They just run the offense and Deacon came in and he benefited from honestly Cade's injury earlier in, in, in fall camp. And he got a lot of reps with the ones then. So I thought Deacon Hill came in and played fine. The defense is just not the defense of the last two years, which I think is okay because the defense of the last two years may be unassailable as far as their standard. I mean, those are and there's and there were NFL players, first round picks, second round picks, third round picks on every level of that defense. And this year they just don't have that. But Jay Higgins has, has answered the bell. And at no point did I feel like we're gonna lose this game but I certainly didn't love some of the mistakes that were being made with dropped passes. And there were some special teams errors that uh, may be forgotten. And we can talk about that a little bit later, but my initial reaction was, I don't think we're going to lose this game, but I'm concerned. But by the, by the end, I was, I was feeling pretty good. Drew Stevens, big, big time player. So at, at the kicking position. To me is, you know, like I, and I had mentioned this in the in the Tuesdays with Corby column is that, you know, I'm only getting texts from people and once in a while seeing Twitter, I had kind of intermittent Wi-Fi and our flights and all this stuff. So, you know, I'm like, oh, my God, it's 10 to nine at half. This is, oh, my God, they must look just God awful. And, oh, my God, now Michigan State's up. What is going on? And I, I was like, you know what? It's got to be like floundering, terrible offense, not targeting the wide receivers. Everything's bad. Um the thing about it is the and I watched it and it was like, you know, they actually did target the wide receivers. They didn't always catch it. That I mean, that's a problem. That's not good. Um, you know, the injury obviously was horrendous, but then to have a guy come in on as a backup and bad field position, credit to Michigan State's punter, too. You know, everybody's like, Oh, Brian's offense is so lame. And she's it's like, okay, what are you running from inside the five yard line? with a guy that's never played quarterback in a big 10 game before. I mean, come on, like, of course they're just going to be hyper conservative and rely on Tory Taylor. So like I, to me, what was so fascinating is that a lot of the stuff that I was really concerned about, you know, the, the, 
you know, not being aggressive, not, uh, you know, it, the run game wasn't great, but there, there was some sparks here and there. So it just didn't look as bad to me as I expected it to. And I think that was uh, because I got, I knew what the outcome was. I knew they were going to come through and win it by the end. So I think I was able to watch it with less emotion and, and more of an objective standpoint. And, and I liked what I saw. And as to your point about the defense, yeah, Ben, but don't break hardcore, but they didn't give up an offensive touchdown. I mean, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, I mean, the most effective offensive or the most effective scoring play for Michigan State was LaShawn Williams fumbling the ball. I mean, that's that was their only bright spot. You know, if anything, if they win that game, we are sitting here saying they didn't do anything. We beat ourselves versus, you know, with the con, we, we can't have our cake and eat it too on the negative side, just like we can't have it on the positive side. Yeah. You can't say, well, we effing suck because we can't move the ball on a crappy Michigan State team and, and we turn the ball over. Yeah, I get that. But at the same time, they did what they needed to do to win. Like, we can't, why do we have a, a culture developing? of absolute loserdom. And what yeah. I mean by loserdom is that you can't even be happy when something happy comes. No. Like like we have, we as a fan base don't appreciate that we are first off we're crazy enough to be hinging our emotional health on the shoulders of 17, 18, 19, 20, 21 year old people. You know, yeah. your, your wife's the CEO of a company She's not going to formulate a business plan that says, okay, let's find the most inexperienced, highly skilled, but inexperienced people we can find and put our billion dollar industry in their hands. Like no CEO is going to do that. But what do we do in sports, college sports? That's what we ask. That's what CEOs are essentially doing. So as fans, let's just chill out a little bit and understand that there's a lot of growing and a lot of growing pains going on with this team. And they found a way to win. They're four and one. Their only loss is arguably to the best team in the conference. And so let's just flush that away. And let's look at the kernel of what we have. We've got a quarterback who Chip Kelly thought worthy enough to offer a scholarship out of high school. Okay. Deacon Hill. That's the guy going forward. We're getting Caleb Johnson back. It sounds like this week in a limited capacity. We have two true freshmen who are getting meaningful carries in the backfield and LaShawn Williams who, yes, he fumbled, but he's still a veteran back who's improving. Eric All showed up. That touchdown he scored was a man-sized touchdown, something that our guest coming up in a little bit knows a little bit about from the tight end position. Yes, that's right, folks. We have a nice little tight end surprise guest coming for you here in a little bit. But we have to appreciate what we have. Now, I will also admit, I was the guy text messaging friends throughout the game Cooper DeGene is killing us. He has to feel the flipping ball from behind uh, when we're behind in the uh, in, in the punt return game. I was a special teams coordinator for four years. The number one thing you tell your punt returner is you have to feel the ball. If it's on one hop and you fall down and take a knee, it's still an uncaught, an uncaught punt is 20 to 30 yards of hidden yardage. I calculated it. He cost Iowa 47 yards in field position. That is huge. But then... Just when I think you couldn't possibly be any Elmer, you go and do something like this and totally redeem yourself. Cooper totally redeems himself and takes yeah. it to the house for the game-winning score. And uh, that was all she wrote. 
It was beautiful. And I think the teaching moment there is I, I, you almost get the impression that he only wants to catch the ball if he knows he's going to be able to get a return going like he is not interested <laughs> much at all in, in a, a fair catch. He, he wants to make a play. And, oh, man, I love that. But to your point, you got to you got to save those yards when you have the opportunity. Uh, and, but then going back, like about the fandom, you know, I don't usually go that hard in the paint in my column on the fans, uh, but. The booing and the fire, the wars, the the part when I just it, what really made me so pissed off was it was like a beautiful play call, uh, a break route across the middle, which everybody bitches that Brian Ferentz never targets the middle of the field, hits Seth Anderson in the hands for what would have been a sure first down, and he just flat drops it. A, he was open. B, it was a great play call. C, it was for a first down. He drops it, and then what happens? fire brian like what 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 in the hell could he have possibly done different other than make a perfect play call i mean it was just that that is when it just and what what good are you doing are you actually helping helping the the matter by no, by, by, it, no you know it's the so. thing that we're seeing it's it's we had brian mike bridenstine on last week who's a stand-up comic it's like everyone wants to be a part of the crowd work clip on tiktok right now everyone yeah. wants to inject themselves into the action and the fire Brian chant is the best way for idiots, Neanderthals, losers, whatever you want to call them into the, into this narrative. I loved how you kind of went after the narrative. Well, well neither. And uh, singing the praises of Brian Ferentz and saying he can do no wrong. And he's just sad and misunderstood. It's the level of, of the vitriol. That's just counterproductive and pointless. I mean, if he fails, to deliver this year and they don't win a bunch of games and their offense looks inept, he's going to be gone or something's going to happen. But, you know, well, you don't be yelling about it the entire time. And then the other thing I think people need to keep in mind is, yeah, Michigan State is in peril. Their, their, their program is in some disarray. They don't have a coach, but they recruit as good as Iowa. I mean, you look at those players and they had, they were rallying, you know, they, they had a circle the wagons game there as well. And so... Type- it's not like they're sucky players. It's not like you're playing, you know, I don't know, uh, you know, some FCS terrible squad. That's a solid Big Ten team with a scholarship Big Ten athletes on it. The tight end that got hurt looks like a kind of player you create on a video game. Like he was 6'5", and his his shoulders are as broad as me, you know, and I'm I'm huge. So, I mean, it's not huge like in a good way. But it's like, uh, yeah, to, to that point, you have to stay the course. Like, yes. and, and, I mean, what do you want? The, the Are you wanting the players to just give up on their coach? Because here's the thing. If we've got a locker room full of guys who are going to give up on their coach because they want Brian fired, and many of those guys might. Many of them are frust- just as frustrated as us as a fan yeah. base. But if, they, if they're going to go and just fold the tents and give up, I don't want to root for those guys. I want those guys out of there because they're losers. Yeah. They're, they're not foxhole guys. Was, I, I'm a, I'm a big foxhole guy person, and, well, and so many Iowa off. fans are letting a, lo- a win turn into a loss because they're unhappy about a couple of plays that were called. Well, it's all about the narrative, you know, and that's what we called out. And it's just, it's the, it's a loser mentality to to not be able. Like, I'm sorry, I go back to that meme over and over again, but Herm Edwards was absolutely right. You play to win the game. Hello. Right. I mean, they won. Yeah, it wasn't pretty, but, you know, they overcame adversity. And that that has always been. I mean, 
to be corny. I'll be totally corny. The it's appropriate fight, where Iowa Hawkeyes. The universe Iowa fight song is, you know, you fight, fight, fight for Iowa until the final gun. And that's exactly what they did last Saturday. And they came out with a victory and half of the fan base is like, thinks they suck. Like I, that just, it really, really bothers me. I don't like it. And even if we did suck, like, I, I, there's a whole generation, myself is included in this generation. I was born in 1981, Hayden Fry's second year. They went to the Rose Bowl two weeks after I was born in December of 1981. I've never witnessed truly loser Hawkeye football. The University of Iowa won one football game in my dad's entire time in school there, and he got two degrees from there. So I think he was there for six or seven years. They won one game in that span. He right. has seen what it's like to lose. Yeah. This is not that era. Oh, and that, you know, and, and maybe and we need to not make it feel like we are in that era. Yeah. Well, and I guess that's what the, the other part, you know, and I, maybe I am overly tolerant because, again, I grew up in Madison. I was a Badger fan when I was in elementary school. And this was in the uh, early 80s, throughout the 80s, and, and until I moved to Iowa in like, I think, 1988 or 89. And they were terrible. I mean, they sucked. But people went to the games. People had a good time. People cheered. I never heard anybody boo. And, you know, one of the things that I always liked about Iowa was that, you know, we were a true blue fan base, you know, that that didn't. Now, obviously, things have massively changed since the 1980s. There's social media. There's all, all that. So I'm not saying that they're better. Iowa's worse. I'm just saying that I know what sucky, shitty football teams look like. And Iowa is not. Iowa is a work in progress. They're rough around the edges, but you know, they're going to fight you. They're, they're going to find ways to win against teams of equal or, or lesser skill level. And that's something that 70% of football programs don't even have. And, and we're, we're just, we're, you know, Tom Takert always says it. Iowa fans are spoiled. They really are. We, what I love about the Hawkeye tradition with Kirk Ferentz as the head football coach is his style is a way, not style from a offensive tactical standpoint, but his style is one that is envied and emulated by high school, college pro coaches all across the country because it's, you're going to, they're going to be smart. They're going to be tough and they're going to handle their business. So you have to be perfect. You don't have to be perfect all the time, but you have to be close to perfect to beat Iowa. Yeah. And look at Ohio State when Urban Meyer brought them in. They were not ready for smart, disciplined, consistent football. Oh, by the way, that offensive game plan was called by Brian Ferentz. Uh, so there, there, there is enough. There's enough stinkers for us to want to move on. And everyone <laughs> heard me last week, right? There's everyone heard me last week. I was highly critical of Brian Ferentz last week. Yeah. But I'm not going to be critical of how I saw adjustments. I no. saw how they were attacking that Michigan State defense. The, but the, at the end of the day, we have to run the football better. And yes. I'm hoping that getting Caleb Johnson back. And also, let's be honest, we lost probably our second best offensive lineman in Luke Lachey when he broke his ankle. So, yeah. so well, we have to react. The turnovers have to be cleaned up because, that again, to your point, Iowa needs to be mistake-free and disciplined, especially when they play the better teams. You know, um, if they'd have been playing Penn State again this week and, and put the ball on the ground the way they did Saturday night, 
against Michigan State, they would have probably got pounded again. You can't be doing that. So that's got to get cleaned up. Hopefully the running game will get going. Um, you know, and the defense has the stat I saw today that kind of blew my mind is that they have not registered a sack against a uh, P5 team yet. Not Iowa State, not Penn State and not Michigan State. That that's got to change, too. Yeah, that has to change. And I don't know how that changes um, because teams are teams are being very calculated in how they attack Iowa's Iowa's defense. And Jamari Harris has to get better. Uh, because yeah. they're not throwing it threes way. Let, the the interception Cooper made in the end zone was one of the most beautiful the catches a wider. I mean, that was Marvin Harrison that's, Jr. type catch in the end zone. So that's what, and I, really that's the next. I think, and that, this is the thing that I find kind of weird is it would be such an easy, and maybe it's pandering a little, but don't you think Kirk and Brian would get a lot of heat taking them off them that they'd let run Cooper out there on offense a, a little bit? I feel like how comfortable he was talking about it today with his media availability. I think it's coming. I think I we're going to see it. Because nobody else on the team can make that catch. I mean, another, not another player. Yeah. A wide receiver can make down catch. I mean, I guess uh, he, it was he, a but let's be honest. It was a touchdown catch. He, he, is, he is special. Um, and I think that's a good segue as we prepare for our most feared rival, Hated rival. What did? How did the Big Ten phrase it when they protected the Purdue Iowa rivalry a few years ago? Well, I don't think they came up with it, but that was the old legends and leaders, and, and oh, right, they were our well, most hated. Purdue's coming to town. It's homecoming, uh, and I'm really excited about our our guest because uh, our guest knows a thing or two about excelling against Purdue. It probably won him the Mackey Award with his performance against Purdue in 2002. Uh, there's your teaser. If you can't figure that who it that who who the who it is, uh, maybe we need to to check your fandom. But uh, we'll take a break and we'll be back with. I'm just gonna say right now, Dallas Clark. How about that? We've accomplished yes. enough that Dallas Clark has joined the Twelve Saturdays podcast. So we'll be back right after this with Dallas. And welcome back to the 12 Saturdays 2.0 podcast. Uh, It's our interview portion. And a few weeks ago, we had Derek Elmond on for the Iowa State game. Uh, Derek's a college uh, friend of mine who he came on and talked about the coaching staffs. And Tori, he buried the lead on us after we, we hit the record button off. Derek goes, yeah, you know. Dallas Clark is my wide receivers coach. And we were, my, my jaw just dropped. I'm like, well, why did you not tell me that a little bit earlier here, bud? We've known each other since 2003, you know? And so here's, and so I reached out to Derek and Derek set this up. Dallas Clark uh, joins us and what a better week to have you on than Purdue week, which was kind of the, the coming out party for you in 2002. Uh, yeah, you, you know what? I, I guess I never thought about that. You, you're right. That's uh, it's uh, it's a special uh, has a special place in my heart. That's for sure. <laughs> that that whole game was so fun, Dallas. I I actually called the uh, blocked punt. Just for the record, I had a I there was wasn't there a blocked punt like a game or two prior to that, right? And yep. I was standing at a certain spot getting ready to like buy a soda or something and they did it and so i was like man we got to turn this game around i told my uh seatmate at the time i'm gonna go stand in the same spot and i did it and then they blocked the punt 
And then that whole game turned on that. And then, of course, you know, your your amazing run there. Um, well, that that was one of those games, though, where and this kind of a good segue into this last week with Michigan State. Things were pretty sideways for a lot of that, weren't they? Yeah. Well, Tori, I, I, I don't want to call you out on your show, but wasn't it a blocked field goal? It was a blocked field goal. I was going to correct him, too. It was a blocked yeah. field goal. Okay. I just, I just, I just want to make sure we're at the same game. Yes. Um, <laughs> there was a block involved. We, 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 we can agree on that. But you're right. And, and what's funny is if uh, my boys were awake right now, they would, uh, they would concur that I, too, called the Cooper DeGene nice. punt return for a touchdown. I'm like, boys, I go Cooper to the house. And I kid you not, it was like the, the oh, my gosh, he hit that wall. Like There's like two dudes that, like, tried to tackle him. It was kind of cute. And they bounced off of him like a bouncing ball. And then he just, like, three steps, he's in, you know, fourth gear and just cruising down yeah. the same, uh, the same awesome sideline. So uh, that was, you know, that's kind of the beautiful thing about this game of football is that there's three phases and three phases have a great opportunity to make a huge impact. And they have three opportunities, you know, three phases to make opportunities to put our teams in a hole, you know? And so it was great to see the team victory, everyone helping each other out. Well, and, you know, Cooper DeGene from the booming metropolis of Odebolt, Arthur, or of Odebolt, <laughs> Iowa, you know, 900-some people. And then, you know, in your hometown, Livermore, you know, it's only about 400 people. So, you know, what is it about – and, you know, the, the you have the Parkersburg connection when you have DeVries and Campman and all those guys from, you know, 1,800-person uh, Parkersburg. What is it about kids that grow up in Iowa like yourself? You know, Cooper – scholarship player you know you you started your journey as a walk-on what is it about kids from iowa that is just a little bit different once they get into that building yeah you know that's i mean i think if they could find the recipe i think they would they would uh you know mass produce it but i i think they're pretty close you know i think they just look for kids obviously i mean i'm you know the the game has changed i mean anyone you, you could have a highlight tape right now with the huddle and xos and like all these different uh formats for for kids to get seen you know i had to make a vhs uh highlight tape and then send it in the mail you know that's that's the post office i know you guys you know we, we live in the world of emails and uh you know but uh you know, so it, the game has changed. And, and so, you know, it's cool because it is a lot. It, it, the kids have a better chance of being seen, you know, coming back to back in the 98 uh, world that, that I was uh, in. But uh, but but when I think the University of Iowa, you know, Iowa State does a decent job. You know, obviously, though, I think Iowa still just does a phenomenal job of just looking for kids that maybe don't really have a home in high school. I mean, they're playing a position just because that's probably what their team needs, but they're looking for kids that just have kind of a combination of things. And I think ultimately the ones that just love to compete, um, the kids that love to just love the game of football, you know, I think those are huge components, you know, especially these days. I, you know, there's a lot of kids where you just like, I don't know if they, you know, you kind of question whether they, they love the game of football. And and that's like, first and foremost, the biggest problem right there. You're just, you know, that that's something that needs to get ironed out immediately, you know, because it, it's, 
the love's got to be there uh, because it is so hard. It, 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 it takes a huge commitment and both levels, high school, college pros, uh, you, you know, if you don't love it, good Lord, then leave it. Like, just like get out of it. Cause it's, it's too much of a little stanzy uh, quote there for everyone at home. Uh, but, uh, but it, it, you know, it, it really is true. Cause I mean, that's, that's the first part. And I, and I think, you know, when, you know, that, I think that was my biggest attribute um, to survive the walk-on period of, of, I mean, I, I mean, I had, you know, you, you, you had to show up every day. Like you couldn't, you couldn't just kind of go through the motions. You didn't have the luxury of, you know, being a red shirt, you know, scholarship kid that they'll, you know, they'll develop you, you know, just wait your turn. You know, it was like, it was game on from day one. You know, you mentioned uh, loving it and, you know, we have a little bit of debate than what we were talking about earlier on the podcast is, you know, some Iowa fans lately just feel like uh, having trouble getting behind this team all 100 percent all the time. And I, I'm curious from your standpoint as a player uh, at any level, blocking out that noise, blocking out negativity and, and sticking through it. I thought Iowa did a tremendous job against Michigan State in overcoming adversity, overcoming being booed on their own home field. Um, how, how do you do that as a as a player? Well, this is very, very hard for me to answer because because um, I refuse to become a fan um because i think fans lose their minds um but i also know that fans pay for the big stadiums and the big contracts in the nfl and i i live a very comfortable life because fans are crazy and psycho so i can't i can't get mad at the 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 hand that feeds you per se you know so um so um but i I, I refuse to get into that um, level. I I look at them exactly what they are. They're kids, and uh, you know I have the very, very, very lucky, fortunate um, um, chance to get to know these kids on a personal level because coach has let me mentor some of these uh, some of these kids, and so I get to know them on a whole different level than than the average fan, and uh, which is. You know, I, I think if they had a chance to do that, then I think they would respond differently during the game. And uh, and and I, I can't imagine. I cannot imagine in Kinnick Stadium, you know, hearing all that. And I mean, because you can't tell me if I'm a 17, 18 year old kid out there and I'm, you know, I'm hearing the chance that they're yelling that you're not taking a little ownership mm-hmm. on it. You know, I mean, so, you know, and all the fans can say all they want that like, oh, we're, we're, we're pointing out this certain individual, but come on now. Like, like, like you, you, you think that's how they look at it? Bull right. crap. You know, I mean, they're, that's like when they're in that locker and that's, and that's, uh, that's the beauty of this game. I mean, when you're in that locker room, you know, Bill Pulley and our, our hall of fame general manager said this about every year. But he'd go and he'd always, you know, start the season off. He'd be down in front of the state or in front of the, in the team uh, team meeting room. And he'd hold up his one finger and he'd just be like, men, one voice. That's the only thing that matters is one voice. And that's Coach Dungy. Mm-hmm. And, and, and in this case, Coach Ferentz. Like that's the only mm-hmm. voice that, that matters. Like your mom your dad, your best friend, Charlie, 
like you know your 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 uncle crazy uncle ned like like they don't have a clue you know no one has a clue about what it feels like to wake up at 5 30 in the morning to get there at a 6 a.m special teams meeting to 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 have a 6 a.m workout to you know what everyone else in america you know all the other you know all the other kids are sleeping in maybe just cruising in from the bars i don't know you know but like like it's a commitment that is on a whole nother level and you know and then you know they're kids they're kids you think they want to do bad you think they're trying not you know you know so so yeah so that that that's hard that's hard and and but you know you can go, oh boy we can you know you could talk for days like oh you pay you pay a ticket you know i have i have the right to yell whatever i want cuz i bought the you know yeah yeah okay yep yeah yeah you do you do well i, I, I think you're you really good at night when you go to bed and 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 you're you know you're you know you're you know we got to support those kids we got to yep. support those kids. Yeah, the three of us are definitely on the same page in that regard. You have a unique perspective um, in the fact that your fresh, your first year was Kirk's first year in, uh, in the building too. Mm-hmm. Um, did you guys see it from the start? Did you see what we now all have seen over this 25 year body of work? Could, could you see it early on that this guy was the real deal and was going to have the longevity Dude, I was trying to survive. Like I, 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 I was. I was. Did you? Did upperclassmen I, I, give you an idea? No, good lord, no. Because we, 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 we had no that we had no clue what was happening because they, they had to change an entire like. You know, I mean, it's just it's you know Hayden Fry was an unbelievable, legendary Hall of Fame coach, um, and. You know, I think that was kind of the, the the beginning of a new era. I mean, obviously, just for University of Iowa football, but but just for, I think just football and college football in general. You know, I think you know, I don't know. There's just there's just a lot of change going on of just kind of the way the game's being played and and uh, and things like that. And so, you know, Coach Ferentz had to bring in. A, a new culture and, and how you do that is with work ethic. And, and when that got challenged um, by some, some players, you know, that, that, that was met with some, uh, you, you know, so, so, so some, you know, some friction. And so there was, there was a lot of, a lot of battles of kind of, kind of taking back control of, of how we do things. It's, it's, you know, it's the coaches and, and, and we players, we gotta, we, we gotta, we gotta commit to this thing and we gotta, we gotta show up every day and, and we gotta go and earn it. Like we don't, we're just not going to show up and we're not going to get wins. We're not going to just play good. Like it's, we got to be one. And, and, uh, that was coach Ferentz and coach Doyle's and then all the whole entire coaching staff. Like that's, that's how we, you know, and if you weren't on board, then, then, then you knew where you had to go. Um, but you weren't going to, you weren't going to change it because they did have a vision, you know? And so, so yeah, so that vision was definitely defiant and definitely clear, um, from day one, 
And, but you know, whether it's going to produce wins and all, I mean, one in 10, like, you know, obviously you're not feeling great about it. Um, you know, but, but I tell you what, when we won the Michigan state game, my, 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 it was my, I wasn't part of the team. I was part of the team, but it was, you know, it's, I wasn't it's long another story, but when that, that, uh, that would have been 99, no, 2000, when we beat Michigan state at home, Michigan state was ranked like 17, I think in my head, I was a dreary, chilly mm-hmm. October day. I think it was late October and we beat them and you know we went three and whatever eight that year and we had a couple wins and i think ended up we ended up beating northwestern um and but it was literally something like we actually like you could i remember feeling this i don't know what the other kids felt but I felt I, I remember like we learned how to win. We learned how to finish a game. Like we could never finish a flipping game, right? I mean, it would just shoot ourselves in the foot, you know. And and I remember like learning. I was like, guys, we you know we we didn't make that mistake. Like we, we you know, and look what happens. We won the game. And so I think we kind of we learned literally. I mean, I remember telling people like we learned how to win. Mm-hmm. And then that just kind of carried over in the seven five season with the Alamo Bowl victory and and you know, and then it was just then it was then it was just rolling. Then we actually had some dudes like producing or like 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 developing. I mean, like good lord, that that you know, the, the Orange Bowl run. I mean, yeah. golly, I mean, you, you wonder like, yeah, no wonder why we we're good. I mean, we were loaded. Like, I mean, it was awesome. But you know, all those dudes, like all of us were just kinda we're young and dumb and and getting bigger and stronger and, and just didn't really realize what we were capable of. And, and we just kind of kept working, kept working and bam, like it was a <laughs> lightning in a bottle. When did it click for you? Cause like, for, I, I remember being in the 12th row, the North end zone of the Purdue game in 2002. And obviously you, you've been having a great year, but that, that out route, the 95 yard touchdown. I remember saying to my dad, I didn't know he was that fast. When did you know that you were not just belong there, but you could dominate at the at the Division One Power Five level? Uh, Maybe you're too humble to answer that question. But when did you yeah. when did you feel the difference? I mean, I, I, honestly, I never did. I mean, I, I, I even today, like I won't, I won't even say that because I mean, I, I honestly like, and I, and I, and I wish I would have. I don't know. I, I, I struggle with this because I, I wonder if I would have had a different attitude if I would have been better um but i had you know i i i like i was always like had this i mean i always had the walk-on mentality like i mean i every ball i just had this um, i have an eighth grader uh uh who's playing some football and and i had a very good conversation with him yesterday after his game and uh and and it 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 really it it came down like how you play the game i could care less if you drop every flipping ball if you miss every block but like so help me like if you don't if you're not running full speed if you're not driving your guy until you hear a whistle like a dog you know that's just trained to hear command and then boop you hear whistle and you run back to the like like if you don't play the game like that then i am going to lose my mind because that's the only way the game should be played and so that is I don't know why, but like, I feel like 
that's what impresses the coaches. That's what the coaches want. And as a walk-on, like, hey, that's what I need to do. I need to eat. I need to, I need a place at the table. I need a scholarship. So I'm going to do all those little things that some guys that might have a, you know, they might think that they're too cool for that stuff. I'm okay with not being too cool for that. Like, I'm going to go do it. And then I'm going to do it again because it's kind of fun watching you cry and watching you quit. And, uh, and so, um, so yeah, so that's kind of the, so I, I, it, it, it was more of a not chip on my shoulder, but it's just, I don't know, it's just a mentality. And, uh, and, and so I never really focused on like, Ooh, I'm good. I mean, it was just like, Hey, let's, let's keep winning. Let's, let's, let's keep like, let's keep breaking teams will as oh my my best friend offense coordinator tom moore would always say like that's you know i never knew it until he he pointed it out um but that's kind of what you're trying to do you're trying to break a team's will like you got 60 minutes like let's go sometimes it takes 59 and 59 minutes and 24 seconds or sometimes it happens in the first quarter but you break their will and it's 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 true like they're man men break men break like you, you find out how bad someone wants it, right? And and you got sixty minutes to make them question it. Yeah. Well, speaking of, of being too cool, I'm, I'm and I'm Joel's going to be max. I'm stepping on his question, I think, but I, I want to ask it. You, 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 tight ends are cool now. Tight ends are sexy. Tight ends are uh, <laughs> dating, dating Taylor Swift. <laughs> how do you feel about that, Dallas? I mean, back in your day, tight ends were you know kind of big, smelly, mostly blockers that sometimes caught the ball, right? Uh, how is that? How what does it feel like to see that position evolve like that? Well, it's awesome because you know that's that's why they looked at me and like, yeah, okay, that's right. Yeah, you're a Division One tight end. Like you know that that's not that wasn't you know that peg wasn't supposed to fit the hole. And, uh, and, and so that's, that's awesome, you know, and it, it, and it's, it's a beautiful thing because it brings athletic folk and it brings a dynamic to the game that I think, I mean, I, I mean, obviously I'm self, you know, a little biased, but I think the game of football is way better with those sexy tight ends. I mean, I mean, let's, let's not kid ourselves. I mean, it is awesome. And, And by the way, uh, they don't make them like me anymore. I mean, good God, I went to tight end. I've gone to tight end you here the last two years. I take my boys and it is, I mean, Christmas is amazing, but this might be kind of cooler than Christmas. I mean, it is, I mean, talk about a kid that can't, I mean, it is, oh, oh, oh man, I'm getting. Well, the special. thing about it is, is you, I mean, when you think about tight end, you with what George has put together and his group has put together, I know Greg Olson's very involved, which let's yeah. also talk about Greg Olson for a quick second. The best color commentator in the NFL right now. Phenomenal. Greg Olson. He's, Phenomenal. He's so good. Uh, he's so but good. I know that you, you go there and you're really kind of one of the deans of the modern modern tight end. You know, you and Shockey were kind of the first two to really be the guys who could flex out a lot more. Uh, in the NFL. And I just think it's also cool that you've been surrounded by Hawkeyes your entire career. Tom Moore, a Hawkeye, Jim Caldwell, a Hawkeye. Like you, you found yourself, you know, kind of around your people, no matter where you ended up. And that that's, that's a very special thing. I think looking back as a fan to see that I can just only imagine what that was like for you as, as a player. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's very special. And, and then obviously, you know, seeing so many Hawkeyes, 
at tight end you, you know, and just kind of, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's incredible. It is just incredible. And, and these guys are six, five, two fifty, two fifty five, just beautiful looking men. I mean, they are just like it, it, they're, they're dudes now they're, they're like, don't, don't kid you. And, and so, but yeah, it is uh Hawkeye. I mean, I think, I don't know. I mean, I'll let everyone else debate that, but I mean, it, we put up a strong argument on 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 tight end well, you uh, at, at Tra- Iowa. So Travis said impressive. it on his po- Travis said it on his podcast last week because they were talking about Laporta. He's like he's like the Iowa guys do it different. He Travis Kelsey said that on his podcast and he mentioned you. You know, you were the he called you the old school guy with no gloves and everything. He couldn't believe that you never played with gloves. But uh, it's just it, it is interesting. And I grew up wanting to be a tight end. That's all I ever wanted to be. I wanted to be Marv Cook. I wanted to be Michael. Tidley. I wanted to be Scott Slutsker. Those are people I wanted to be as yes. a player. And yeah. so I just grew into the greatest position on the field, which is offensive line. But uh, <laughs> uh, but hey, just let you know all the, all the great tight ends. Think of all the great tight ends that would have been if they just didn't eat and and wear to <laughs> ninety really well. It's like, hey, you know, what? we do need some guys to block. So why well, don't you? My high school teammate. My high school teammate, <laughs> one of your former teammates, CJ Barco, was one of those guys that they couldn't figure out if he was going to be a tight end or be an offensive tackle. So you have guys in between. All he, that, so. he was such a tweener, and that's so funny. I haven't I haven't heard CJ's name. I grew in, up with him. Like since Great. since we graduated. And I kid you not, in the last two weeks, I've heard his name three times <laughs> in three different situations. He's out in Seattle, right? Yeah, I, he's I out found in Seattle. That out. I'm, yep. I'm like, like, whoa, didn't know that. And then I met his his uh, brother. Ben, yeah, I met his brother at, at. Yeah, I met his brother uh, this weekend uh, at the Michigan State game. Met someone else that's a good friend of mine or a friend of his, and then now you. So it's just like I. I don't yeah. know if like CJ is like trying to haunt me <laughs> um, or maybe get a hold of me. Is he stuck in a well? Do I need to go save yeah. him? Like, is, is no, he, you know, but it's just, it's crazy. It's, but great, it's a dude. small world. Yeah. I, I grew up with him. He grew up in That's the same awesome. neighborhood and uh, we were high school teammates. He's a year younger, but being six, seven, obviously he always played up with us. So yeah. Uh, he's, yeah. He's, he's a big, he, big drink of water. He was for sure. Well, I know that we, your time is limited, Dallas, and we really appreciate you taking the time with us. Now you're you're involved in a lot of different things. Coaching is one of the things you're involved with at the high school level. How are the mentors, how are the guys that you played for, and your, whether it's your high school coach, the college coaches, pro coaches you've been around, how has that molded you into a coach at the high school level now? Um, I'm basically a parrot. Um, I find myself yelling out more Tom Morisms, more <laughs> Coach Dungey, uh, more coach parents. I mean, it is, it's ridiculous. I mean, you, 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 re, you don't realize how much, I mean, you realize it, but like, just like, ugh, man, it is, it just, it just spews out. And it's just like, this is awesome. Like, this is so cool, you know? And, and, and you kind of chuckle a few times because it's like, man, I remember like when coach Moore would yell this at me and, and I wasn't enjoying life right now, you know, and, but, but, but somehow it impacted me and it affected me and it, it, it was a positive impact on me. And so, so that's the whole thing. That's the whole idea, right? You're hoping that 
it's doing the same for these kids and and what an honor and what a treat it is to to coach um especially at the high school level um and these i ha- couldn't ask for a better group of seniors and upperclassmen to kind of give me a little grace while i learn this thing because um there's a reason why good coaches are good coaches and there's a reason why good players are good players and just because you're one or the other doesn't make you good at the other if if, if anyone followed me at home mm-hmm. hopefully you guys you know you can play it back and and i swear we'll end up in the right spot <laughs> the point of the story is just because you did one thing doesn't make you good at the other and so i have learned that like i've i've had to I, like i am i am you know i'm, I'm learning and i'm 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 learning a lot and and coach element is a phenomenal leader uh for the staff and and the other coaches are outstanding and uh and it's fun to kind of it's kind of like double dutch i don't know if you guys did double dutch in recess in fourth grade (laughs) um i did because that's you know i think that's kind of where the girls uh that's where that's what they were doing um and so um so every now and then i'd go and check out my skills and my double dutch well, there's a timing, right? You know, and, and that's kind of wh- where you, uh, there's a rhythm. And so I'm, I'm trying, you know, I'm trying to be, you know, I'm the new guy. And so I'm trying to find my rhythm and trying to find where I fit in and, and not, not step on the rope and not, and then, and then also not get out of the, you know, not get out. But, uh, but yeah, so it's just, uh, it's fun. It is, it's an amazing, uh, we're having a heck of a run here. Um, the kids are getting better. Uh, we got a phenomenal challenge this weekend. We got a rivals that will go to Bulldogs. They've got who are the, very, Ma- the Mansky, Mansky kid. Is that the quarterback? Yeah, Man- yep, Mansky kid who is just a just a just a talent all around. Um, and so they they got a good group of kids. Um, so yeah, so it's going to be a great challenge. We go up there and um, get to flex flex a little bit and see see what we got. But it's yeah, it's it's been a tremendous honor and. And I really, really enjoyed it. I, I well, always like talking to guys from from that part of the world. I am married to a Sheldon Orab, and uh, my my college roommate is the facilities manager for Algona. So I, I kind of follow Algona as well. So I, I keep my eyes on you guys and Coach Elman. There was no surprise when he started having the success he was having. I, I coached at Morningside right after he left. Oh, cool. Steve Steve Ryan was always pretty sure that Derek was going to be a good one when he got into the coaching profession. So he is, he's awesome. He is awesome. Like he is. Yeah. I mean, obviously I saw it from afar, um, just kind of helping out with some kids here in the last couple of years, but never, you know, help with camp, but just see the day, day in and day out of, of how he operates. It, it, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. He does, he does a phenomenal job and, and has a great pulse of you know that you know he's captain of the ship right i mean that that is i mean he's our offense coordinator as well but you know the main main job of the head coach is just you know keeping that ship going all rowing at the same time all going in the same direction and and uh and so he does a phenomenal job of just kind of keeping everyone involved and everyone knowing their job and and uh it's it's fun being part of that be, be, a careful, be a little careful on that rowing the boat stuff. We don't want you. See, like- you know, I, you know what? Right when I said it, I was like, <laughs> "Why?" But here's the thing. Here's here's the thing. So you know, obviously, you know, it's all perspective, right? So PJ Fleck and I, 
we have a we have a phenomenal relationship. Uh, he was uh, he was our receivers coach when I was at Tampa. So okay. I've known PJ since back uh, 2014, uh, 13. No, I was, yeah, that was there 12 and 13. Um, so, yeah, so I, PJ, Coach Fleck is hilarious. I mean, he was awesome because, it, you know, if you, if you don't know the receiving uh, world in, in, in the league, uh, there's some pretty sick athletes there right and 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 you have some guys that can literally just roll out of bed and just go dominate right so so you have that mentality uh in a in a few cats and then you have coach fleck and his mentality and oh boy does that just (laughs) that does is that just fun to watch um from from across the field and i mean that guy he would i mean he has not changed like he is like he would he would yell all the the catchphrases and all the things and and you know. But what I really appreciated, like just like when when the dog and pony show was over, you know, like when practice was over, and he, you know, because that's that's all he knows, and so that's that's who he is, you know. But I really enjoyed our conversations on the side of just like talking about you know the you know just talking about it whether it's the 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 business of the the game or whether it's x's and o's and things like that i I really enjoyed coach fleck and and i i think he is perfect and great for college football um you know obviously he has you know you know know, people have some opinions about him and things like that and and uh but you know what that's you know if you're a college kid and you want to learn how to get better at football and and you know grow as a man i you know i I don't think i don't think coach fleck would would steer you wrong so he's good he's good for a program like minnesota that needs that energy that enthusiasm that maybe doesn't have the the same kind of passionate fan base as some like a wisconsin or that so yeah i mean he could come across as a little much at times but no you got it you got enthusiasm and he has success so you know and yeah i know we're, we're running out of time here whenever i'm talking to a former player um i used to work with doug miller uh former hawkeye doug, uh, Mil- yeah. doug miller okay so what, what would doug miller have to get like would, could you only talk to him for like five minutes and then he'd get irritated or something is he like i mean i i remember <laughs> no, I, doug miller Yeah, I I worked with Doug uh, for seven years and uh, I I always ask former Hawkeyes when I would because I was a kid. All I wanted to be was a Hawkeye was was not going to happen. It's easy to to see. But what is the swarm like? What what is what does that mean to get to Mm -hmm. the end of that tunnel with your brothers to to link arms? Can can you give us give the fan who is never going to experience that? Why is that such an important part of your experience as a Hawkeye? You know, it, oh man, it, yeah, it, it, it's special. It is, it is, um, it's, you know, we, we came out the other corner, uh, in Kinnick and, and I, you know, and, and I still remember coming out that, you know, that it was like a midget, like a doorway. Like I, I remember coming out and I freaking hit, thank God I had my helmet on, but I hit my head. <laughs> on the the top of the and I'm not very tall, right? I'm so like gallery. It's like, good lord, does gallery have to crawl on his hands and knees? Um, you know, like I'm like, what? Where were they that short in 1924? Like, what is going on? Um, but uh, but I smoke my head, you know, so that that kind of wakes you up. But then you kind of you know you just kind of stay tucked in that corner, and there's just something about like it's almost like um 
you know, a track, you know, a track runner in, in like in the blocks, you know, you just kind of, you just kind of can see, you know, see, see the, the, the runway in front of you, you know, you come out, it gets you a chance to really just kind of like, like take a deep breath and just soak in the, the 71,000 and, uh, and, and, and just kind of like, all right, yep. All right. They're feeling us up. All right. Let's let, you know, and it's just, it's, you know, now it's a whole freaking theater. I mean, theatric like production, you know? So, I mean, we, you know, that again, times have changed and it's, 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 it's really cool now. Uh, you know, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's amazing. It is just absolutely, um, absolutely amazing. And the, speaking of like the one thing that caught me off, I love, 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 and I'm, you know, we don't need to make this an Iowa State thing, but um, the, the the one place where I saw the swarm being used in a really cool thing, you know, usually when you win the, you know, a trophy game, you know, and, and you lost, you know, you don't possess the trophy, you know, usually you act like, you know, idiots and run across like like maniacs and go grab the trophy, right? I mean, that's just kind of been, you know, from the beginning of time, and so we. Uh, this year in, in at Jack Trice, like our boys lined up in the middle of the field in the swarm formation, and we just swarmed kind of slowly over to the corner um, where they had, you know, strategically placed the the, the Cy Trophy, and we just kind of just walked, you know, just did our swarm. I, I thought that was the coolest thing, you know. And then when they got there, they freaking then they lost their mind. I mean, you can only, you know, you can only hold these kids excitement for so long um but i just thought that was really cool and 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 i think it is it is a it's a trademark i mean that is kind of and and thank you hayden fry and and uh you know i think that i think it just shows like that brotherhood it just shows that like we men we we win together and we lose together and and then we're gonna come we're gonna come onto this field um, together and we're going to go out and we're going to give it everything. I'm going to fight for the guy next to me, hold my hand. And, uh, and then when we're going to pick up the pieces and, and win or lose, we're going to, we're going to take hands again and, and, and we're going to, we're going to go off together as brothers. And, and then, and then we're going to fix the, the bad and, and enjoy, enjoy the good. And, and, um, so yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. It just kind of keeps that, <sighs> keeps that team i mean i mean good lord that's, that's all we got well that's, that's a great note to end on dallas i mean and you know it kind of go comes full circle to what we were talking about the at the beginning you know uh overcoming adversity not maybe always looking your best at, but sticking together and sticking it through and i i said it earlier it sounds corny as heck but the fight song is until the final gun and that's kind of what you're mm. talking about yeah and until the game is won too. I mean, right. I mean, it's like, it's just, it's, it's a beautiful thing and doesn't always happen that way, but, but man, it is a, it is a beautiful thing. Um, you know, when it all comes together and you put all that work in each week and, and game plan and, you know, and try to, you know, try to take advantage of some weaknesses, try to have some new play, you know, whatever wrinkles and things like that. And, and you go on Saturday and sometimes it just looks like absolute dog. And then you, and you gotta be, but Hey, okay. You gotta find a way to win. And that's, you know, that was Michigan state last week. That was, that was, you know, like, was it like we scripted? Nope. But is that, you know, is that a reason to quit and take our ball and go home? Heck no. Like it's time to like, okay, 
let's go, let's find a way to win this. And and that's what, you know, good Lord, it's a long season. And that's what good teams do. It's not, you know, it's not going to always be the offense scoring 40 points. It's not going to be always the defense getting that turnover. It's not going to be the special teams, Tory Taylor doing his thing. I mean, yes, we, we need all that stuff, but man, it's a long season and it's a great, you know, a lot of, a lot of opportunities for dudes to step up and, that's all we just need. We just need more, more guys to step up and, and take some ownership and, and, you know, players, coaches, fans, like we all need to do our job and, uh, and, and stay in our lanes. Awesome. I thank you so much for your time. I know we took a little bit more than what we, what we asked for, but you, uh, I appreciate your candor and, and sharing with us and coming and joining our uh, podcast. No, I mean, I, I think I think we're on Tori's time because Tori's in Hawaii. I don't know, Tori. I don't know if you don't want. If you, I hope you didn't want the mind, you know, mind the the fans knowing that you're in Hawaii right now. Um, but Tori's the one that we're on on his time. I mean, I could talk all day. Like, you, don't you're, you ain't you ain't hurt my feelings. The kids are in bed. Like, like what else? I mean, might as well talk about football. So, I mean, what else is there to do? So, well, I think like, from my wife, we have some Mai Tais to drink. So, you know. Oh, can, can, you, can you do me a favor? When you, when you, like, like, okay, you can take the first sip. The first sip can be yours. Okay. okay. But then can Joel and I, can you think about Joel and I on the, on, on the second yeah, sip and yeah, just go. I'll, and, I'll send you a picture on the text thread. Uh, yeah, I wish you were here. And, uh, no, I don't need that bull crap. I don't, I don't, I, I don't, I don't need, I, I don't need like, like, I don't need to like visualize. I mean, I, I'm already trying not to visualize like how awesome that is. Like, I don't need an actual picture of like making. We feel bad already, so why? That's just that's just mean. Like, I, I just ask. I just ask politely. Just think about us. Don't I will. don't rub it in our face. All right. Like like you're already cooler than us. So totally. so just enjoy it. And and if you forget to come back, like I, I think that I think you know I think they still sh- you know show the Iowa games out there. Uh, you know you might not be yeah. a bad might not be a bad gig out there. Get up at six <laughs> in the morning, uh, watch us beat Purdue. There's the plan. Let's go, let's go. Oh man, oh homecoming. Oh, let's go. And we didn't even get to talk about the fact that for the like the last or the first thirteen years of your career you're going back to your last year of college to your pro career you always were catching passes from a heisman trophy runner up so that was just <laughs> yeah holy crap i have never thought of it that way yeah you're the first you're the first one to to point that out to me i remember saying that, that is... to my buddies in the dorm room in like our senior year of college and like he goes from one heisman trophy runner up to the next and, <laughs> so. and i and, and I know that one is way more bitter than the other about not winning it. So yeah, uh, yeah I would uh, imagine so. And yeah, <laughs> it's uh, and and please don't, please don't. Make, I I it was I, I would have voted for Peyton if I was a sports oh, writer at the time. But, yeah, thank man, man. Oh boy, you know, I, yeah. I mean, it's uh, a, let's not. Let's not open that can of worms. No, Good no, Lord. You, you know. I think I think I think we ju- I think we just got the last worm in. So why would we open the container? Let's just, <laughs> there you go. just put it on the sh- let's put it on the shelf. It's, it's his name is on it. Well done. I, I don't think you know. Knowing Peyton, you know, he probably would only won three uh, NFL MVPs if he would. You know, maybe not winning it got him that that fourth one. Or heck, does he have five? I mean, I forget how. I mean, yeah. 
you know, it, I, I'm sure he used it as fuel as he always does. Cause that, that dude is, you want to talk about a competitor. That's, 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 that's how you do it, boys. Well, we sure. appreciate you. So thanks so much for joining us, Dallas. Tori, go enjoy the beach. You guys are oh, sure. Yeah, no pictures. All right. I don't want sunset. Oh, he sent me a picture. I don't want umbrellas. I don't want he, sand footprints. He, he sent me a picture of him in a surfing lesson the other day. And I'm like, this is oh, I'm, I'm sitting in my cubicle. Did you get, up? Did you get up, Tori? Yeah, no, I made it. Uh, five, I caught five oh. waves on my own uh, without Let's a push. Go. Sure. Yeah. So it's kind of a, a bucket list. So yeah, Good nail it for you. That is awesome. That's big time. Well, Dallas, thanks. It. Thanks so much for joining us. And yeah. Uh, Good luck. And I'll be back and beat Thank Algona. You. Thank you boys. I appreciate that very much. You guys enjoy the Hawkeye victory and uh, we will, uh, we will catch you down the road. You're welcome back anytime. Thanks. Dallas. Right. Uh, thank you. Please. Thank you. All right. Thanks so much, man. Thanks. Well, that was a treat. I mean, and, you know, here's hoping some of the, the mojo from the Dallas Clark Purdue game can carry over into the homecoming game, which unfortunately I will be missing again. I'm actually traveling that day. So, yes, bad fan, I guess. <laughs> but I maybe can... you're good luck. It was good luck last week. So, yeah, maybe. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. But, you know, this is another game. You know, if I was going to win this uh, division and do it with a backup quarterback, which is a heavy ask and i people need to keep that in mind that's a heavy ask um but this is a, another must win really it, for that goal uh so uh here's hoping we see it i don't know a ton about this year's purdue team i mean it's a team in transition as well uh but open my eyes to see them kind of dispatch illinois with these because uh, illinois was kind of everybody's dark horse big 10 west i picked uh, pick them the i, I picked them to be the iowa's biggest challenger to yeah. win the west and man i think i was wrong Mm. Uh, I do love how all in you are on the big Deke energy with Deacon Hill. You're you're all in on on Deacon, and I love the fact that we have a quarterback who can run a quarterback sneak, and we're probably going to get it every time. And Hayden Large can just keep pushing the pushing the pile forward from his fullback so, position. So going back to we didn't really in the in our opening segment, Joel. We I mean we talked a little bit about the injury, and we talked about how we liked what Deacon brings to the table. Uh, a little bit, but you know, I, uh, what I find interesting is that it, it really did open up the playbook. You saw some more bootlegs, you saw some more rollouts. Um, I don't think you're going to see any, a lot of uh, designed runs and you're certainly not going to see any uh, RPOs, but um, I, I disagree. He actually ran you know? that kind of offense in high school. I went back and watched his huddle tape. He's got some experience running the ball. Now he's not Tim. Well, maybe he's, he, maybe he's more like the, who's the quarterback who's a tight end in the NFL now. Uh, for Oklahoma Bell, I think was his name. They had the Bell Dozer. Uh, he might have a little bit of some of that skill set, but what what he does have is an absolute rocket launcher attached to his right arm. Does do you think that a one hundred percent healthy and mobile Deacon Hill is a better weapon than what we saw of a banged up maybe seventy ish percent Cade McNamara? No, and here's why, because I probably give too much value to the intangible part of a quarterback in the huddle. You want a guy that everyone believes in 100%. Now, that I'm not saying no one believe, that they don't believe in Deacon Hill 100%. You can just tell how a quarterback carries himself. Mm -hmm. And 
whether Cade McNamara ever plays another snap of football in his life, I will always respect him just for how he came back out, was on crutches, had the headset on, and was engaged in the game for the rest of it. I mean, that is something that he was in a lot of pain, I know, and he was locked in. And and to me, that's that's why I have a hard time saying yes to that question because of those intangible things on the leadership side. But the fact that when Deacon was in there, they didn't seem to slow down their pacing. They didn't seem to miss a beat. That leads me to believe that he's just as prepared for this for this role. And I think it probably I think we're going to see a pretty wide open offense for the Hawkeyes this weekend. Well, yeah, I mean, I think it does at least at the very least, it does open up some opportunities maybe you couldn't do with kind of a, a semi hobbled uh, Cade. So I'm excited to see that. And, you know, it, it'll be and, you know, I guess in his interview today, he said his favorite throw is the the deep pass. So, um, you know, if he connects on a couple of bombs, uh, maybe some of the outlying whining and crying and teeth gnashing quiets down a little bit. That'd be nice to see, wouldn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And the fact of the matter is, is video games have ruined fans for way too long. And it's not as easy as pushing square, circle, X, whatever it is on your controller of choice. Uh, All right. That sound like the old, old men podcast here. I know. I'm not trying to, but I mean, I've got young kids in my house. I've got 12 year olds running around. You know, I'm on high school sidelines on weekends. Uh, you know, I see it. And it doesn't matter how talented you are. You got to understand the game. And I think that Deacon showed me that he can understand the game. He did deliver the ball late. That interception was, I was so mad. Uh, My wife could not believe the the number of F-bombs that came out of my mouth after that. And it wasn't because it was a bad throw. It was because it was an unintelligent throw. Um, I can live with a bad throw where you're making an aggressive mistake. That wasn't even an aggressive mistake. It was just slow manipulation and yeah. putting the ball in the wrong spot. So, but and we're gonna, we got, I mean, we, we got to brace ourselves because he is, I mean, again, first Big Ten game. So, um, it's not going to be pretty at times, but it's going to be exciting. Yeah, I'm ready. I think it'll be fine. Uh, what wasn't fine is we didn't do as good. Well, I didn't do as good on the picks, I guess, as you did. Mm. But, uh, well, I guess there's only one that were different. Man, we were way too chalk with each other last week. That's always my problem. I mean, I saved myself on my own actual betting with a another uh, <laughs> like that's the back end of my parlay. Every big parlay every week has saved my bacon, um, so that I'm at least a little bit of, uh, above just treading water. But it, yeah, it was looking ugly there for a while till uh, the Bears pulled their <laughs> complete disaster. <laughs> So we both picked Illinois, Purdue won, and Purdue won pretty big. Uh, We both picked Minnesota. They tried to make that interesting. Yeah. Uh, Michigan ran away with it. Uh, What? We called the Michigan game, right? We we got that. Yeah, we both picked Michigan. We both picked Michigan. We both picked Minnesota. We both picked Michigan. You correctly picked Penn State to win money line and cover. I took Northwestern to cover the 19 and a half. Yeah. And they lost by 28. Like, so for a while. Yeah, I was looking good. I was looking good for the cover for a while. But then Penn State just did Penn State things. How about Patrick Gerald and his boys being in, in Iowa City? Did you ever think I've you'd been, see Patrick Gerald in Iowa City in black and gold? 
you mean Jim Bladel's doppelganger? He loves it when I say that too. They, <laughs> I didn't know you were at the game, Jim. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's weird. I think it's interesting. Um, <laughs> the wags on Twitter saying hire him as the coach are morons, but, uh, well, is, well, but hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's just, let's just entertain that thought for a second. Kirk Ferentz retires at the end yeah. of the season. You don't go, you don't at least kick, you don't at least sit down with one of the winningest coaches of the last 15 years in the Big Ten. Hey, you, you just, you put yourself right back where you are now in the grumble zone because A, his teams have not been up to snuff in the last few years. So his, his success was early in his tenure and he has some ethical issues and legal issues surrounding him too. I I'm not a huge Pat Fitzgerald hater and I respect what he did to bring that program out of the depths and, and make it a solid competitor. But no, I stay away from that one. All right. I disagree. And here's why I think that guy recruited at a high level, the place that has insane academic standards. I think you put him in a place that has still very high quality academic standards, but still has some, he's going to get 10 or 15 guys a year that he could never dream to get in at Northwestern. Um, And, and the, the ethical issues, I don't know. I think he's going to come out pretty clean. Yeah. On this whole thing, I, and I, th- I think that I think Northwestern's in trouble because yeah. I, I think it's hard to prove he had lack of control. But we'll see what happens. Again, if what was alleged happened on that campus, then absolutely not. But I think you have to let the legal process shake itself out on that before you completely say no. I will say this too: the rumor I saw today also was that uh, there's some speculation that Urban Meyer might be sniffing around the Michigan State job. So I will tell you: if Michigan State hires Urban Meyer, Iowa can hire whoever the hell they want, and they right. will not yeah. have as Michigan State does. So yeah, maybe if if Urban Meyer goes to East Lansing, then Pat Fitzgerald could go to Iowa City after Ferentz leaves. I just can't. I, I whatever. Oh. That's, I mean, a a- pod- that's a whole different podcast. Ooh. Maryland. We both picked Maryland. They were victorious. We both picked Michigan. Uh, Iowa. We both picked Iowa to win money line. I don't think we. I didn't think they were gonna. We're gonna cover the twelve and a half. And sure enough, no. uh, um, I, they did. They I, did I, hit I, the over though with that last I field goal. Over. I won. I won money on the over. <laughs> Thank you, Cooper. But then Rutgers. <laughs> Rutgers took down the. Uh, the Wagner Seahawks, I think, was who they played. That bad? No, no. But it was pretty easy slate when you really look at it. This week, a little bit more interesting. So, week six, Nebraska in Champaign, Illini, three and a half point favorites, over under 44 and a half. Oh, that is a tough one because I do think Nebraska is starting to make some progress. Um, I mean, they didn't look great last weekend. But, man, I get, it's hard for me to see Illinois losing that game at home. I think I'd go Illinois money line on that one. I'm taking Huskers. I'm yeah? taking Huskers and the over on this one. I have to win eventually, probably, I guess. Illini money line. Joel's taking Huskers and the over. I'm filling out the spreadsheet as we go, so I can't screw this up. Uh Michigan at Minnesota, the battle for the little brown jug. Michigan, a 20.5-point favorite, 
I saw a clip today that I forgot about in my childhood of Jim Harbaugh guest starring on an episode of Saved by the Bell as yep. Screech's older cousin, Michigan, 20 and a half point favorites over under 46 and a half. Uh, Michigan covers that. Yeah, the 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 Fleck train is in trouble. So, um, so yeah, taking you're taking Michigan. Yeah, I mean, and, I, and the points that that trifecta of, of excellence between Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State is going to be a fascinating thing to play out this year because I think they're all legitimate CFP contenders. I really do. I think Michigan wins, but I think Minnesota covers. So I'm really? taking Minnesota. Plus twenty point five, plus twenty and a half. That's a lot of points. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. And and PJ, he just seems to always get the oars moving in the right direction for trophy games. So, sure. Northwestern, the line is still to be determined because they play Howard. <laughs> well, so. that's just so. I mean, you gotta figure they're gonna be able to win that one, um, and maybe they won't throw out a line if it's an FCS game. So yeah, I guess with the, uh, with the allegations going on against Northwestern's athletic or football program and Howard's historical alumnus of uh Bill Cosby, do we just call this the no, never mind. Crossing the line maybe with that one. So let's just take Northwestern money line and we'll say that that's that. Wisconsin hosts Rutgers. What do you think the line is on this? Okay, if I was setting the line, I would probably have it Wisconsin six and a half. Wisconsin's a 13 and a half point favorite. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, I mean, I know that, you know, going actual this time, I'm right. Going a whole time zone over. is a, a, What time is the game? Do you happen to know that? Off, I off don't have the game time. Sorry. I if don't. Emmer, I think I might go with um, Rutgers to cover, but well, you know what? I think I, I think, uh, man, I think I like Rutgers to cover regardless. That's a lot of points for. I mean, they're not bad, and I don't know that the Badgers are that great. So I don't think the Badgers, Badgers win, but I think it, I see that as like a twenty-seven to seventeen kind of game. I've got Rutgers money line. I think Rutgers wins. Rutgers, Rutgers, I think Rutgers is not only going to win against Wisconsin, Rutgers is going to beat one of the big dogs on the, in the East. You're a Shiano believer. I am. I am. Chop, chop, chop. Uh, I, I just, man, I just, I, I feel like they are, I feel like they're 2001 Iowa. Okay. Where you don't want to play them in a key situation, like when they beat Penn State. Uh, in 2001 they're they are a year away i think from being a real contender in the conference and i think they're going to get one of those big wins i don't think this qualifies as that big of an upset over over wisconsin i'm taking rutgers money line this game sneaky one i'm going to be watching pretty closely maryland in the horseshoe ohio state a 19 point 19 and a half point favorite I think Maryland's really, really good at football. Yeah, I, I, I think Maryland covers that. Again, I see that as about a 10-point Ohio State victory, probably. I, I don't know that Maryland wins that game, but I'm with you. I think that Maryland covers. 
that might be the only one that we're in complete agreement on, except for the Northwestern game. Um, so that's it for the Big Ten outside of Iowa. Iowa is a two and a half point favorite at home on homecoming against Purdue. Homecoming, it's you know I think they're going to build some momentum. I, I I like it. I think so. I mean, I don't think it's going to be a thing of beauty. It'll be twenty three to sixteen, something like and that. I, and I think that line come Saturday is going to be closer to like four and a half, five, maybe even six, because the money's going to move that line. Yeah. But uh, if you could get it today, while well, we're recording this on Tuesday, um, I, I would I, I would take Iowa minus two and a half. Now, if that line creeps up to six, I wouldn't. I maybe think Iowa money line if you wanted to put any money on the game. But. Uh, Actually, I'm just that's where I'm going. Money line for Iowa. And then 40 and a half is the over under. I think I'm taking the over. So that's how I would bet that. I would go Iowa money line parlayed with the over. Uh, no, I'm not I'm not even betting that. That no. <laughs> I stay away from that over under on that one. Gun to my so head the, under. So the other spreadsheet that I made. Uh, was the 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 drive for three twenty five spreadsheet? But I went another layer, and I uh, I kicked on the. I actually calculated how many points are needed to get back to pace uh, for the for the twenty five point pace. Iowa needs thirty nine points on Saturday. Great, would that that would shut everybody up, wouldn't it? Forty, yeah. Put a spot up. Let's do it. So they put, yeah, 39 points gets them back to pace, and we'll just see what happens from there. So Run Clark out there. It'll happen for sure. Yeah, I'm I'm so happy he joined us. That that was so so good for us. And, you know, I'm only a couple years younger than Dallas, but he still was kind of a hero uh, yeah. of, of mine, and uh, it was just great, great to have him. And, again, it all comes back to week two when we had Derek Elman on the show that that was what got us the introductory because dallas is on his staff at humboldt high school so there you go kids if you're listening you never know how you're going to find your way to the right people and uh be nice to everybody because you never know when they can help you out stop booing at kinnick for god's sake stop booing be more specific. Zach Alphanakis has a great stand-up bit where he's like don't boo be more specific like to tell us why you're upset. Don't just yell fire Brian. Like that's that's low hanging fruit. It's honestly it's uh it's like just the guy who swears at an open mic thinking he's funny. It's yeah. like no, actually have some craft. Actually be creative. Now, if you can come up with some sort of, you know, really kind of fun chant, I might entertain it. I might actually laugh. Call but, us Trout. <laughs> yeah, be more specific. That's all I'm saying. Just be more specific. And don't boo the other team when they run on the field. I don't oh, know. Boo your heart out. <laughs> we don't boo, boo our own because we don't give aid and comfort to our enemies. That's that's one. There we go. But don't boo Purdue. Purdue sucks. I hate Purdue. Purdue. Booper don't. Although one of my coworkers was in that was a tutor for like the Mike Allstott, Drew Brees era of, of Purdue when she was in grad school. So she's got some great stories. I kind of I kind of really love the Joe Tiller era of Purdue. Wow. It's pretty entertaining. Someone should do a documentary on Joe Tiller. I think he's a really interesting cat. So 
I love it. All That's right, my well, final thought. I can't believe you did this from Hawaii. So you go right. have fun, enjoy the island, and uh, your wife was nice enough to to let you uh, podcast. So well, your I'm wife is for- clearly the better person. So. I'm late for my, uh, it's cocktail hour here. So well, then I'll let you go. So you get, you get to cocktail hour. I'm going to bed. All right. Well, let's, let's leave it off as usual with a uh, on Iowa. Go Hawks.